Welcome to Account Trends, everybody. I'm Jason Stein with Intuit Accountants. My co-host, David Bergstein, and I are excited to be with you every couple of weeks to share the latest news, interesting perspectives, and hottest trends in the tax and accounting world. We'll have special guests on the show to help break these trends down and give you food for thought as you find new ways to deliver for your clients. But most importantly, we plan on having some fun while doing it. Welcome. Welcome back to Account Trends, everybody. Jason Stein, your host here. And with me, as always, my friend, colleague, partner in crime, Mr. David Bergstein, CPA and Alphabet Soup. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Jason. Do you know why I'm doing fantastic, Jason? Tell me why. Tax season's in the past. It yes, it ended. Is. It's in the past. You know what we're doing now? We're wearing our new hat, Intuit Tax Advisory. I'm not going to plug anybody, but it's advisory season now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I've actually called a couple of my, I hate to say the word, new clients. These I've got from references. I don't take any. I'm trying to get out of the business. I was going to say, don't, don't threaten me with retirement and then take on new clients. So, so I called up this young person. He's in his 20s. He's taken over running the business for his grandfather. Uh, and I said to him, I guess I'm your accountant by default now. I just want to make sure you want me to be your accountant as we move forward. And, you know, I want to make sure I put you in the right direction. I've set you up with wealth management at this point in time. And, you know, we have to talk some numbers because I want to be here for you. We have to sign an agreement and move forward. And the guy said, yep, you're, you're my man. So I, re- I really like that. It's that proactivity. And here's somebody young. I've got him putting money away at this point in time. But that's business on the pleasure side. As we move forward, you know, I'm in the middle of waiting for uh, football to begin. I'm waiting for hockey to end baseball. And I know we got a great guest today and she's an avid sports buff. I'll call her a sports nut, but I'll let her clarify that. Uh, she, she's like a designated motivator for getting hits and getting on base. And when she says getting hits and getting on base, she's talking about accounting as well as in sports. So who do That's we got right. today? Let everybody know who we got today. That's right. Welcome. Welcome to the show, everybody. Don Brolin, CPA, CFE. Don Thanks for being on the show today. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else if we were to be totally honest. I mean, because listen, I could even teach David how to hit the ball if I have to. I could get him out there. He's a seasoned pickleball guy, so I'm sure he can handle it. I'd like to try softball again, but the last time I played about four years ago, took a great swing, hit the ball down the middle, took one step, hamstring. Oh, yeah. See, I'll tell you what, and I will just say, I know you weren't playing fast pitch softball. I know you were playing slow pitch softball, which is still a great game and pretty fast in and of itself. But when you get into fast pitch softball, it's a whole nother world. And it's and it's an amazing world to live in. But, David, I, I would pick you for my team every day. Jason, I probably would have you pitch. I think that no one would want to hit it up the middle if you were there. I think you would be best served with me on the pitch. So you would keep, I was going to say keep score, but I didn't want to. There you go. Feelings. I can, I can count, but even that's a little iffy sometimes. So. (laughs) I love that. I love it. Well, Don, uh, really, really excited for you to be here today with us. Um, You've, you've been on an interesting journey uh, over, I'd say probably the last year 
Um, I know you were, you know, you've joined us on our tax council uh, as part of that team. And then you were with us at the summit last May, wasn't it? Right. Um, and during that summit, that uh, the tax advisory summit, we had some some interesting moments there. Um, tell us, I don't want to, I don't want to lead the witness too much. Tell us about kind of what happened there and and what the, the journey that you've been on as it relates to tax advisory since then. Yeah, interesting. So I joined the tax council last June, which was, of course, when Jason, what I call it, it's like getting the call. It's like you're in the minor leagues and you get the call from the guy. And it was Jason calling me and saying, hey, we're thinking about you for the tax council. And I I was driving. I'll never forget. I was driving like on back roads. And I, I was only going to like 40, like people probably should go. And instantly I went to 60 because I was so excited that Jason would be calling me about that. But that was that was a great time. And I was just about started to get ready to start to do more things differently within my firm. And then it was October when I went to the summit in San, in uh, San Diego and went to the summit, had already started the process of, of considering moving to people to a different way of working with me. I knew I needed to do something different. You know, one of the biggest reasons was because of when I decided to start coaching in 2019, I couldn't do the same thing during tax season. I'd done all the other years I'd done it because the time requirement was going to have to be different for me. And, and, and that's what life is when you make different choices. You say, hey, if I choose this, I may be gaining this, but I'm losing something on the other hand. And that's just life, right? You're always, always getting something, but giving something up. So I knew I had to do something different. And I said, okay, I need to, to move this model into something different. And I had already started thinking about what if I just charge people by the month? I was sick and tired of invoicing people and having to explain the bill and, oh, I don't want to charge them for that 20-minute conversation and, oh, all of that challenge that be- it really becomes an, an-, an anxiety issue for accountants, I think. And then I went to Summit and Ron Baker was there and Ron Baker talked about his new book, all about the subscription pricing model. And for me, it was like, I felt that I felt validated. Everybody these days has to feel validated. Apparently, I don't ever feel like I need to be, but I felt like, wow, I am on the right track. I'm going in the right direction without even knowing I'm going in the right direction. And so and I had already had an appointment with one of my clients to start this new transition into what I call relationship pricing. It's the same thing Ron's talking about. And so we made that change, Jason. I could talk for the whole entire seven hours that we're going to be doing this podcast, but um, <laughs> but but that's where that's when I went to the summit. My point is that's where I realized I was doing the right thing and I was moving in the right direction and I was moving forward, not backwards. I wasn't stalemate. I was progressing forward, and that was more exciting. And as a matter of fact, I didn't even know how exciting it was because I can tell you what it's like now. The funny part about that, Don, too, is you were invited to that because we see you as progressive and forward thinking. Right. Right. So the fact that you, you know, were realizing that about yourself, that's that's all um, like just funny how that comes together. Yeah, totally. David, you had a question. I'm saying as you built the relationship pricing, otherwise known as subscription pricing, did you change the model of the services? That you offered your clients from 
backwards to forwards. Yeah. So David, yeah. Well, and what's, what's awesome about it, David is there are things we know as accountants, we need to be doing for our clients. We know, we know what we should be doing. And then we stop and we go, ah, they're not going to pay for that. Ah, you know, well, I got these 700 other things with these other 500 clients and how am I supposed to balance it all? I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep my head above water so I can keep breathing and, and, and just continue to just like tread water, like doggy paddle. And at the end of the day, I realized what I needed to be doing for them was two totally different things than what I was doing for them. And it wasn't because, you know, it wasn't like they ever said, don't do this stuff for me. They don't even really know. The clients don't really know, but we do. We know there's some basic things that we should be doing. We should be doing basic tax planning for people so that we don't have this big bill at year end. We should be having conversations regularly. And when I discovered that we started doing those things for people, when we moved to that model, life was just so much better internally inside the soul, Mm -hmm. knowing I was doing the things I should have been doing all along. It wasn't about being um, irresponsible or negligent. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying just those things like, hey, do you have a buy-sell agreement? You guys are in a partnership and this guy just got married and shouldn't you have one because you don't want to be in business with the wife? Like, shouldn't we be doing this? And and historically, I'm like, why am I giving my brain away? Well, because I was blocked it with the fact that I felt it had to be all about getting paid, which is important. Don't get me wrong, but it just turned into something. It's turned into something totally different, David. Let me let me ask a, fo- a follow up question, and and you're the person I really want to ask it of, as opposed to anybody else we've had on in the past. Do you think the future of accounting is not accounting? I believe the future of accounting is not about accounting; it's about everything else, and accounting is just there. How, how do you feel about that? I 100% agree. I 100% agree because of this. QuickBooks Online, let's just use it as a simple example. QuickBooks Online with an open API, any company at any level can utilize QuickBooks Online, can utilize AI, can utilize the technology to do the day-to-day stuff that the human used to do. But where's the value that we bring in? Experience, vision, different things that are more practical and hands-on that are not so much technology, like met with a client today. They said, okay, we're talking about possibly opening up a um, storage solution facility next to our two rental properties, where one of them is our main business for our office. We're thinking about, okay, well, you know what? That's a great idea. So here's what we do is we buy the property in the LLC. Then we start the business for the storage units as a separate business. So that way, if you don't want to be the owner of the storage unit at some point, You still own the land. You're still making money from the rent of the land. They can run the business. Let them do that part. That's those suggestions and those things that we can do and have that human interaction. It may not be accounting. We understand the tax consequence of that, but we also understand the cash flow management, the wealth management that you mentioned earlier, those kind of things that that's where our value comes in. Right. And being able to pull like an attorney in where I'm not going to do the buy-sell agreement. I got somebody I know can do it. And that's where the human's going to going to be the leader. Well, and, and you nailed it, Don. And that's exactly what we talk about when we talk about um, what clients really want out of their relationship with their accountant. You know, 
your clients, I'd be willing to bet you, your clients didn't come ask you for that kind of stuff. They didn't come say, hey, can you can you do these things and help us navigate these various potential situations? Because they didn't know what they were going to be navigating throughout the course of their relationship with you. And so, so when we talk about when, when clients want services beyond compliance, it's, it's back there. They're not overtly asking for it, but the only way for them to engage in that type of conversation and and in that structure of a relationship is if you package and sell those services and that is your business model, right? Here's how we're going to do business. I'm going to be your advisor along the way. Yeah, we're going to do the compliance work. Here's the plan that I want you on that I think you'll be best on, or here's three to choose from, and they'll choose the middle, right? Uh, and then you start engaging them over the long term. And they're so much happier. And, and most of the time when clients leave a CPA, they, they cite that they wanted more out of their accountant. Uh, and they just weren't getting that advice, even if they were getting it for free. It wasn't memorable, didn't stick because the relationship wasn't structured around it. That's what this is. So, that's why this is so important. And well, I it's think, like, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think it's how you restructured your firm, right? Right. So tell us more about that. What have you done to restructure the relationships and the, and the arrangements with your clients? And how is that going? Well, I wanted to, you know, of course, because I, I always like to make things funny, but you know, I've never, I've, I've never had a client come to me and said, my last client, my last account, they just did too much for me. <laughs> I, I don't think that's ever happened. The conversations, usually I can never get in touch with my account. I can never, they're never respond to my emails and never respond to my calls. It's never the opposite, which is funny. But yeah, the restructuring, the way we looked at it was, we know there's more we should be doing for these people. And we know there's, in our firm, there's only three, to- two that are actually doing the work. One that just runs the ship. But how only two of us, what can we really do? Well, what's important to us is that we give them that value. And so we made a lot of changes and we said, you know what? I, you know, we asked the client, we'd get on a call, especially the business clients. Hey, this is what our firm is doing. We're moving in this direction. We want to be accessible. We want you to be able to feel like you can call us at any time. You're not going to get a bill for it because it's just going to be a set fee every single month. We're just going to straighten that out. And this is how we're going to operate. Is that something you're interested in or not? Now, I'm not afraid of a no. As a matter of fact, they teach you that in a lot of the books. The more no's you get, the better you get at yeses. And the more no's you get, you're going to get that next yes. And so we decided that we were going to go ahead and say, listen, here are a list of the things we know we can do for you. Here are some ideas of what I think more we can do for you based on either entity structures or this and that. Proper tax planning, cash flow planning, you know, asset acquisition things like that, that we never talked about before. And I'll tell you what, this is what we're going to do. This is what I'm willing to do it for you per month. Now I don't give them choices. I have three choices, three buckets, but they don't pick what bucket they want. I tell them what bucket they're getting. I tell them you don't qualify for this level. You need this level, or you know what? You really don't need this high level. Let's stick you here in the middle or whatever. And we've just changed all that 19 clients 40 grand a month. That's where we're at. Now. Uh, that's amazing. It's it's mind-blowing, Jason. <laughs> it's mind-blowing. <laughs> but that's the way it should be. You're leading them down the path to make them more liquid, solvent, profitable, and helping them achieve their dreams. A hundred percent. We had so we every other week we have a meeting with our our first ever relationship pricing client every other week. 
7 a.m., which I don't get up to 7 a.m. for anybody. Nobody. Softball. Except for softball, I'll always be there. But these and my kids, of course, my loves. But at the end of the day, I know what they need. So we met this morning. So t- today was that day. We get together. They want to buy a new oil truck. Now, a year ago, actually, last September and prior, I would have, I would have never even known they wanted to buy another oil truck. No, I would have no idea. They'd go out, they'd buy it. Give me a copy of the asset so I can put it in your permanent file. So we have it for the depreciation schedule. Maybe, maybe a little bit of tax planning, you know, in November. And then that would be the end of the conversation. This year, with that change in relationship pricing, here's what here's how the conversation goes a month ago. Brolin, or actually it was two months ago. We want to buy a new oil truck. Awesome. You're gonna trade in one of them? Yep, we're gonna trade that 05 one in. Awesome. Okay. Did you find out how much it is? We're going to know that next month. We're going to let you know how much that oil truck costs. Roland, we don't want to finance it. We think we want to pay cash for it. We don't want to pay. I said, okay, we'll get all the details. Next month, they say, Brolin, to, to finance that oil truck, it's 9% interest free. Really? 9%. And you know how much an oil truck is? I didn't know. $209,000. Wow. Do you know how much of that? 79000 of that is the tank in the back. Right. So they say, okay, we we think we want to buy it outright. I said, okay, guys, well, you know, we did a cash flow planning. You're going to have the cash. Tell you what, let's distribute the funds to each because they're S-Corp. Let's distribute the funds that you have because they're cash heavy. Put it in, in, get it into your personal account. Now we're going to open money markets for you guys. We're going to throw that in a money market, make it about four and a half percent for the next six, seven months until the, until the truck's ready. Because it's not ready to be ready in six months. You're going to earn that interest. And then when the trucks, you're ready to buy the truck, you're going to just take the distributions. You'll take the money back out of the money market, put it in the business and buy the oil truck. Become your own bank. Become your own bank. That would have never happened before the change that we made in relationship pricing would have never happened. And look how much better they are for it. Right. And look how they engaged with you. If, If not for the relationship structure, the way that it is versus traditional firms, you would have found out about that oil truck next year at tax time. Oh, by the way, we bought an extra truck and we financed it or we paid cash and we didn't take advantage of the situation, you know, because they wouldn't have known better. Well, do you know what's so terrible? This is, and that's the thing I tell people, I'm like, I'm in like in confession when I talk about these stories, because I sit there and I go, when I had that first meeting with them to say, Hey guys, we got to start doing something different, blah, blah, blah. Right. Cody turns and says to me, he goes, Hey, Mark got married last month. I said, excuse me? Yeah, Mark got married. I'm like, I didn't even know my client was getting married. No idea. And that one, think about what all of the spirals that come off of that comment. Mm -hmm. Mark got married. Hold it. I now have a married filing joint tax return over here. Number one. Number two, I now have, regardless, there should have always been a plan in place for a buy-sell agreement because there's family. Never mind spouses or partners, but there's now, it's like now it's critical that we get a buy sell agreement. Okay. Just structuring things and making sure things are right. It just has changed 100% the relationship we have. And we said, guys, we'll meet with you at seven in the morning. They would have never been on a phone call with us ever prior to that because they work from 7 a.m. in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. And the last thing they want to do is talk about accounting. Right. So now, 
they're all about it. At 7 a.m. this morning, we only met for half an hour. We accomplished probably four hours worth of work and past serenity taxes, talking about tax planning. What are the things we need to do? Let's look at your cash flow because now you want to buy a building. What is that going to look like? You don't want to finance it. Come on. That's what this is about. Not punching a keyboard. Right. What you've done is you've meshed with your clients. You've immersed yourself in them and you become a critical part of their infrastructure by the relationship. So you're meeting regularly probably with all your clients now where you didn't in the past. I didn't meet with any of them, except if it was an emergency, there was a problem, there was a, a notice, there was a something that made them feel like, hey, I need help because I don't know this. Yeah. It's just a different, it's a different conversation. Well, let me ask you another question if Jason allows me to. You know, I feel like all good accountants are becoming more CFOs of their companies or outsource CFOs for their companies. You don't need the accounting or inside because it's all digital, but you need the advice structure outside. So everyone's becoming an outsourced accountant now. You know, it's funny because if you look at, just look at financial statements of small businesses, those that hire either internal people or whatever the case may be, what they're paying people to have a full-time in-house accountant person is typically between 60 and $90,000 a year easily. And that's just so base salary. That's base salary. That's to do bookkeeping, reconciliations, you know, collecting AR or whatever. And I said to these guys, they said, listen, first of all, the bookkeeping is pretty much taking care of itself. Let's just be honest. I mean, we, we're using QuickBooks online. We're really managing data. We're not, we're not doing a lot when it comes to the bookkeeping side of it. It's all automated. Everybody's integrating. It's all happening. If you're, if you're hitting, if, I would just say anyone listening to this podcast who posts a journal entry for payroll, we got to talk. Because that's, <laughs> that's just, and then, you know what the sad part is, Jason? People are still doing it. They're still doing it. With yeah. the open APIs, I don't get it. Anyway, but when I say to my client, hey, listen, tell you what, we'll oversee what you're doing. We'll do this, do that, and say, hey, listen, what we'll do is we'll oversee your books because, and we'd say oversee because we're really not doing them. It's doing themselves, right? We help them with their integration and all the stuff that's going on. And we'll oversee your books. We're going to meet on a monthly basis. We're going to do your plan, tax planning, which is super important. It's a compliance matter needs to be done, but we're going to get on the phone and we're going to talk or we're, or we're going to Zoom or we're going to meet in person, whatever it is. And it's going to cost you 30 grand a year. That's nothing to these guys. Hmm. And I'm like, dude, I can save you 30 grand just by having a conversation with you every month because I'm going to know what's going on. I'm going to help you make smart decisions on what you're doing. And we're, you're going to win at the end of the day. And so aren't I, because I'm going to work with less people. I'm going to do more for you. I'm going to earn my money. And you're going to get a bigger, bigger, bigger benefit. As a matter of fact, highly likely, I'm going to get you enough back in your, in between fees, between, um, tax savings between saving on financing. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, do the amortization schedule on a 9% loan for five years on an oil truck. How much money am I saving them there? Right. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's, it's, it's almost a no brainer. And, and that really leads into like, how do you sell these services? Right. You, this, this client was probably a traditional client prior to 
this year, right? You talked about right. it in the context of we never really had a conversation. Yeah. Um, how did you position this and 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 get them to agree? Yeah. So the first is the worst. It's one of my favorite sayings. The first is the worst. Once you get through the first, you can do anything. And they were, I saw so much more I could do for them. They were easy for me to go and have the conversation. I knew I could be doing more. They were, you know, friendly fire, friendly fire. I knew they weren't trying to kill me. We were all good. And so I just, I said, okay, what's it? Let's just go get with, let's go get with these guys. Cause I know I can do things for them. Sat down with them, had that initial conversation and once I was done with that conversation, understood, do you want to add more? Because they do heating and cooling and they also do oil. Do you want to grow the heating and cooling? You want more trucks on the road, more employees? No. I didn't know that. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Why am I coming up with, hey, let's analyze how much a truck costs and then the employees and their benefits and it doesn't matter. They don't even want to do that. Why am I right. planning for that? having that conversation. So it was easy with the first one. And then the second one, and by the third one, I'm like, this is what we're doing. Take it or leave it. <laughs> so that, and those were, I went after all existing clients, of course, first, and some dropped off and gosh, for some of them, I'm super thankful because they were a PIA. Yeah. I hear that a lot. <laughs> and you know, I, and I, and I'm, I mean, I'm just, this is just reality. Take whatever your three piece packages are. I did three packages and I just took, there was one that I was like, if we're going to do this, it's 10 grand a month. Like, I'm not doing this with this chick unless right. it's 10 grand a month. She went away and it didn't break my heart at all. Right. So it's like, you know, it weeds, weeds out that dead wood, man. Let me ask a question. As, you, as you're growing, and we've talked to a lot of other people on these podcasts, I find it interesting what you're saying. Are you niching or specializing at all or you just picking a smattering of clients and devoting your time to helping them succeed. Yeah, I'm just picking. So I'm not an industry focused necessarily person. That's good and bad, I guess, in many ways. I think it's Over good what you're doing. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah. So, so I'm really focused on a, a small business and I, small is relative. I mean, I got clients doing 10, $20 million in revenue. They're not little, but you know, I feel like it's those clients to me, the ones who want to grow, want to listen understand what we're doing together, that it's not just them. Like I'm as vested. Sometimes I'm more vested in their business than they are. And I know every accountant can say that I care more about the tax deadline than most taxpayers. Mm -hmm. You know, they come, they come out of the woodwork. Hey, on the last day, you know, you're going to put me on extension, right? Oh, you mean the 70 emails you got from ignition with the proposal that I saw you view? <laughs> I saw you view them, you it's jerk. <laughs> Don't tell me like you're all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork, bro. I want to pound you. <laughs> you know, so it, it is. It's for me. It's about. I think all all business. There's plenty for us to do if we get into a specialized area. I love that you brought that up. If we get into a specialized area, real estate. There's a lot of really quirky things, or they want specialty tax credits. Listen, I don't have to know it all. I don't. What I have to have are connections. And people that I can send them to in the event they need that. And Tri Merit's a great example. Randy I was just Crabtree. thinking of Randy. I always gets, think of Randy. <laughs> How do you not always think of Randy? Well, Seriously. you think of Randy, you think of Tri Merit, you think of craft beer. It's a it's a cycle and it's a beautiful I think, one. I think ERC. That's uh... <laughs> ERC, R&D. He just did R&D uh -huh. analysis for one of my clients that actually is funny. 
This guy doesn't happen to be in the relationship pricing and that's okay. He's got all his accounting people. All I do is his tax return. And we had an audit and we crushed it, FYI. So <laughs> he, he, I'm like, you're a candidate for R&D, bro. Sent him over to Randy's team, $100,000 credit. And so that's what I love about it, David, because I don't have to be specialized in one thing. I just have to be smart enough to know, number one, what I'm good at. And number two, what I'm not good at. And the things I'm not good at, I can outsource. I can team up. And you know, I think from even myself, I, I just, I'll talk, I'll speak for myself. There's been times where like, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to be the accountant that goes, I don't understand the ERC credit. I should know everything. I'm an accountant. Mm-hmm. That's stupid because family lawyers don't know anything about tax law and tax law doesn't know about family law. Mm-hmm. Why are we any different? So being able to help a small business doesn't mean you have to know everything. You just have to have resources to connect them with people who might know something you don't. Right. right. And you're, you're smart enough to know that you got the resources and you cultivate it. I look at you like I look at myself. We're quarterbacks. We know the client. We got to figure out where to go to give them the best opportunities. Exactly. That's a no. great analogy. Well, and it's so true because I, like even, even with QuickBooks, David and Jason, I've been, a, I'm a QuickBooks girl, 25 years running. And I, I'm at a point where I don't want to really support QuickBooks necessarily in a onesie, twosie on demand. For my relationship pricing clients, I'm all over it. I got them. We're good. We work it. We make it happen. So I had this client today who had an, had an issue, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Carrie, I love you. We've been working together. I got them out. I got them through a really nasty audit. I crushed it for them. I worked that agent and I did a great job. And I kind of stayed on and helped them with things. And I'm like, you're having an issue with your credit card bank feed. And I I don't really want to do that anymore. And it's not because I don't love you. I'm still always here for you. Let me find you someone. I went on to QB chat, Facebook group. I put it out there. I said, hey, this is just not what I'm doing anymore. Anybody want it? Dina Martin, baby, jumped right in. I said, Dina, baby girl, they're all yours. Made an intro by email. It's okay. It's okay. Even if you know it, it's okay. If you don't want to do it, it's okay. Well, and what I love about this conversation, Don, is you're you're talking about things that are really, really important for people to be thinking about as, as they think about moving forward with this, right? Ideal client. And, and David, you asked about um, niches, you know, our studies show that niche firms are generally more successful than generalist firms in this space. That being said, that doesn't mean you have to go right out of the gate with, here's my ideal target customer. I'm going to fire everyone else. I mean, if you want to do that, that's your choice, but I wouldn't advise it. Uh, you know, <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? So this isn't about like I'm laser focused on this one type of client and that's it. As a matter of fact, Niche firms don't specialize in one niche. They they have they, it's a it's an angle from which they market and serve clients. And you you kind of started to describe it. And so while you may not consider yourself niche focused, you'll you'll more than likely eventually get to a point where you're just sort of gravitating to certain fields and certain industries, right? And you're you're continuing to build that expertise around it. And then, like you said, you're you're also you're also figuring out who is the right client I want to work with. And sometimes that doesn't always show up as a PIA client, right? Like we talked about, 
Um, which is funny because I think we all use that as a point of reference when we think about what clients we might want to get rid of, if that's you know something that a firm is is looking at. Um, right. But sometimes it's also about what are the what are the types of clients that just aren't serving your firm well. Um, and and when you think about your your tools and your workflows and your processes and and what what you're focused on, certain certain types of clients, while you may like them, they may not show up as that paying client. They're, right. they're not, they're not the kind of client that you, that are conducive to your tools, workflows, processes that you want to serve. And it's better for the both of you if they, if you don't keep serving them because you're not, you're not serving other clients or them in the way that you're best qualified to do so. And they're not getting, they're, they're getting the basics of what they need, but they, it, it, it's not benefiting them as much as someone who, who does want that kind of client. Absolutely, hundred percent. I and I see that, you know, really at the end of the day, you know, as I've gone through this process and, you know, probably underpriced myself, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't. I'm like, I get it. Some people like, oh, you should have tripled that. That should have been, you know, way more than that amount. It's like, you know what? It was good for it. Was good the transition. I'm in my soul. I'm comfortable with. Right. I now see what we are doing for people. And, and the value we are bringing them, that our prices will change as we move forward. And, and we and it does change with new clients. Like we're, we're kind of like, listen, you know, we've brought on three or four new clients since then, which, which is great because we get together and we're like, do we want another one? Do we really like our time? Like, are we, I mean, I want to go on my boat, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I want to run during tax season and then I want to service my value, you know, my subscription pricing, my relationship pricing clients. I want to do that. Do I want to bring on another one? And we don't just, I don't just make that decision. I ask Nicole what she wants. What do you feel like? Do you want to make more money? Do you like what you're making? Where are we at? Because if we bring on a new client, you're going to make, you got to make money too. And so um, it's really changed in a way I can't describe, Jason, um, how I feel as a, like a practitioner, as an advisor, I feel better. I feel good about what I'm doing. Yeah. We always strive to do more and more and more. One of the things I think is really important for people to think about too is as you're moving in this direction, I hope everybody does because my life is so much different. I, I feel like a whole different person with the way I'm working and operating. You still do not have to be an on-demand person just because they're paying you on a monthly basis understand it's still not 100% direct access to you 24 seven. That is not what it is. And it took me a couple months to get that. And I think you are in a niche, by the way, your niche is above the transactional space. It's in the advisory space to find clients that want to grow and looking for you to put together through questioning what's going to help them achieve their goals. So yeah. to, to me, you're really in a different kind of niche. Yeah, I like that's that. fair. Yeah, because people and niche is like, oh, well, you work only with manufacturers. You only work with restaurants. No, right. You know, it's different than that. But yeah. no, it's great. Well, and the whole point is start somewhere, right? There's lots of advice out there about what what kinds of firms are doing and how they're focusing on different things. And the, the, at the end of the day, there's no right one right answer for you. The right answer for you is the one that feels right to you. You know, we, we had Gail Crosley on the show and she talks about 
when you're identifying what niche you want to focus on. She's like, forget how you feel. Just take your clients and then put them into a spreadsheet. And which, whichever ones you have the most of that are driving the bulk of your revenue, there's your niches, right? Yeah. That's a very methodical approach. And I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but some people don't want to be that methodical. They just want to say, hey, look, I like working with these particular industries. I can't tell you why. Maybe there's other industries that are more profitable, but these are the ones I like. And so they gravitate towards those. That's all right, too. Um, there's tons of expert advice out there, but you really just got to take what what you can apply and just start applying it. That's yeah. the biggest problem that people have is we keep hearing about all these things. We keep saying, I don't know where to start. Start somewhere. Start somewhere that feels comfortable. Yeah, that and that's that's a really great point, Jason, because that's the thing. It's like, what do they call It's analysis paralysis at some point mm-hmm. where you're just like, ah, like I don't even know where to go. And, you know, I would give a couple of easy steps for people who are just trying to think about what they should be doing. Um, A real simple exercise to do is to pull your revenue by customer, revenue by client for the last 12 months. Because you always want to do a a, a fiscal period. It doesn't want to be a calendar year, make it a fiscal period. You do more and less in some parts of the year than not. And just take that, that list and sort that sucker highest to lowest. And then that's what we did. And I looked at it and I said, yep, these people in the top 10 are the ones we work the most with. We really like these guys. Let's cut it off at 10. We took those 10 and we said, okay, if they paid us 15,000 last year, let's get them paying 30,000 this year. And then maybe 45 the year after. And we're going to start doing more for those people and showing them the value. Pick three, pick two, pick one. I don't care. Yeah. Pick that one, the one you feel most comfortable with, that you know you can provide more value with. Take the fee from the previous year, double, triple it, whatever you want to do, and start somewhere. And what did they say when when you brought them a $30,000 invoice instead of a $15,000 one? I just said to them, hey, listen, here's the deal. Why don't we stop worrying about invoicing? Why don't we stop worrying about whether you can pick the call up or pick the phone up or not? Let's let's talk about how when you need something done, how quickly do you want it done? Let's talk about things that we've never talked about. Like, have I ever done tax planning with you? A real tax planning? Well, no. Well, don't you want one? Well, yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to save in tax. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. What about this? What about that? And it was really five or six things that I just mentioned that are common sense. And they were like, we want all of that. Yeah. I get great. $30,000 a month, $30,000 a year, 2,500 bucks a month. You guys are making money hand over fist. I can tell you right now, I can't guarantee I can save you 30,000 in taxes, but I guarantee I can help you make the best decisions to make sure that you're using that $30,000 the right way. I said, and guess what? I'm an investment in your business, not an expense because I can actually help you as opposed to other people who are really just their fee, their fee people. I'm here to actually give you value. And it was about a 10 minute spiel, done. And they were, they were like, where has this been, right? Yeah. yeah. Jason, no lie. A client that came to me, all I've been doing is their tax return. And they, I've seen some frustration with them, with the bookkeeper that they had. They weren't getting the answers on time. And it was like, right place, right time. And I said, Todd, listen, why don't we just take over seeing your books? Why don't we become the person you ask about for QuickBooks questions on? He wants to know how to post certain things. When I purchase an asset, how do, what's the journal entry? Like intelligent questions, you know? I said, we'll do your tax return. We'll do your tax planning. We'll jump on a call. We'll help you plan. How about 1500 bucks a month? He was paying me like $3,000 a year before. Now he's at 18. And you know what he said to me? You know what he said to me, David? 
I've been looking for this forever. Exactly. I want access to my accountant. I can't believe how quickly you guys respond to me. I can't believe how easy it is to get in touch with you guys. But that wasn't the case prior to relationship pricing. You're right. You can't get in touch with me because I'm reacting, putting out fires all over the world because yep. I'm not being proactive. Yep. That's dead on right. So the Just- conclusion I've come to to build the practice is work with less clients, give them more time, charge them more. They're willing to pay for it because you're helping them achieve their goals. Same time, it's a win-win for your client and for you. Right. Great way to grow practice. Don't worry about volume. Worry about relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. There it is. There you have it, folks. Don, uh, what, so for our listeners, if they want to stay in touch with you, can continue to learn from you, where would you, uh, where would you send them? Certainly all over LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, any of those kind of social media platforms are all over the place. DawnBrolin.com is where my designated motivator for accounting professionals lives, breathes. I actually am starting a brand new, uh, it'll be, uh, well, it won't be brand new at that point, but in May uh, this year, we'll be opening Dawn's Dugout. And it's going to be the first Monday of every month from 2 to 3 Eastern time and 4 to 5 Eastern time. You have to register to come because you have to let you, in the, let you in the door. Ask me anything. Pick my brain, templates, whatever you want. I'm there to give back to anybody. I'm not saying that I know everything because I don't. But whatever I do know, if it can benefit one more person, it's worth it. So that'll be every Monday as you'll see that on Dawn's Dugout in the event section. Um, and I'm always willing to help all over the place. Excited about you know, the upcoming conferences and VCons and everything that's going to be going on throughout the rest of the year. And uh, my honor to be here with you two, especially. Oh, we I've, awesome. I have loved every bit of this conversation and, and the fact that you've done this so recently in terms yeah. of like the last six months. And so this is all fresh for you and sharing your learnings with, with our listeners. I get asked all the time for just more practical advice on how people can actually do this. And I, I think you've given some really go, good gold nuggets here. So there you have it, folks. Go check out dawnbrolin.com. That's D-A-W-N-B-R-O-L-I-N.com and join her uh, Monday dugouts. I love that concept, by the way. Uh, you know, people need mentorship and, and help along the way. And so there's people like Don here uh, out there for our listeners. So Don, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your your uh, journey with us. I thank you. I would be want to be nowhere else right now, except in the softball field, but we don't have practice. So well, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and David, of course, always good to see you, my friend. Thanks everybody for listening. Till next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to learn more about any of the topics discussed on the show, visit intuitaccountants.com forward slash podcast. Account Trends is produced and edited by Luke Johnston. Copyright Intuit 2023.